You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is David Lemley. And he helps brands become legendary. David is the president and chief strategist of Retail Voodoo, which is a US-based brand strategy firm that helps specialty food and beverage brands gain market share by addressing their toughest growth challenges. Armed with a passion for ideology-driven companies and over 25 years of industry experience, David sets the standards for all research, brand strategy, brand positioning and marketing translation for the firm. His clients include Essential Water, Kind Health Snacks, Surla Table Dry Soda Company, and Alden Organic Ice Cream. So that's a wide variety of clients. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks for having me, Dennis. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. We're going to have a conversation about brand, but more specifically, you know, we're going to get your perspective and takeaway on why brand is the key long-term growth strategy, right? Why brand is the key to long-term growth. And because this is all about growth, we're going to try to tie these episodes back to things that are tangible and tactical that you as the listener can take back to your company and hopefully start to implement. But before we do that, David, give us a quick backstory. You've had a long career you know, in this industry. You said that you started this business over 30 years ago. So Give us a little bit of a backstory about how you got here with Retail Voodoo, and then we'll dig right in. Great. Thank you. So yeah, so Retail Voodoo is the extension of my original design firm that I created in a closet in my apartment after 70 job interviews upon graduation, and I didn't get a single offer, so I decided to make a fake company. And here we are, years and years later, and Retail Voodoo is the ultimate manifestation of that agency. Yeah, back then it wasn't even cool to be an entrepreneur. No, it was a <laughs> long, long time ago. So, so yeah, I started it out of a closet in my apartment. And within about three years, we were lucky enough to have clients around the globe. And so we were, I had people come into my apartment 24-7. We ended up getting an office, building it out, and ran that for many, many years and had great opportunity to work with a lot of different brands that have become household names or become category leaders. And then the agency was named after myself. And when I wanted to expand and get a lot more people involved in the strategic development side, we had decided to change the name of the organization. And the name Retail Voodoo is actually what we call our brand development or our creative process. So we changed the name from about me to about the process. And that is how we came up with Retail Voodoo. Love it. Perfect. All right. So tell us a little bit about Retail Voodoo. You've been around for 30 years, and I'm sure that like every business that's been around for that long, it has morphed and changed and you know, you've know you pivoted and your target might be a little different. Your processes are better. 
it's an evolution, right? It, especially over time as an entrepreneur and as a business. Tell us a little bit about the business today. Like, have give us a sense as to the size or scope of the company, whether that be employees or percentage growth or revenue or something along those lines. I mean, you've we've mentioned some really, really cool clients that you've worked with. Can you give it to us in a little bit different perspective so everybody can understand the kind of what you've been able to build in during your career? Sure. So right now we are a, a 10-person think tank, really. We are all here developing the strategy. And what's different about it is we talked about it evolving. I really look at it as like being in the movie Groundhog Day. It's a chance to relearn and relearn and start over new every day and get better and better and better and stronger. And so we've really taken that approach. And so what has happened is over the course of time, instead of having a group of people who are conventional copywriters or conventional design experts or implementation experts, we have a room full of people who can develop research, translate research, translate it into the written word and into visual language. And that is a unique skill set that I think has happened because of the, the pace of change and that what people need from a, from their strategy partners or their creative agencies in today's world because it moves so fast. Gotcha. Makes sense. Can you give us a sense as to the size of the company? I mean, is it six figures, seven figures, eight figures? Now, I don't have a perspective on them. You have some really big brands and you've been around for a long time. Can you give us a sense of that? Whatever you're comfortable with. I don't need exact revenue, just a range. Sure. Sure. We're a seven-figure company. We're in the low sevens. So we have uh, intentionally worked. My partner and I have focused extensively on work-life balance. We, we basically have figured out we have a toolkit and a formula and a track record in place that we can kind of have whatever it is that we want. And rather than having 100 people running around a giant office trying to make it work, we are really focused on we try to touch 12 to 15 clients a year. And that means 10 people here is the, the right team. And we do quite well with them. And our clients are ending up really being happy with us. And there is enough revenue for everybody to have a really decent lifestyle. Love it. No, I love that perspective. And I love the fact that you you and your partner are self-aware. You know what you want out of your business. You know what you don't want out of your business. And you've put the entire system in place to do that. So that's great. It's not all about you know churn and burn. You're able to spend a lot more time with those clients, like go a lot deeper with those clients and a lot more meaningful impact for those clients, hopefully. So I love that take. So listen, David, today... We've got a short amount of time. And and if I sat here and tried to pick your brain about brand strategy, we'd be here for hours and hours and hours because you have such a breadth of experience and knowledge. But could you do us a favor and help us unpack this whole concept that you shared with me before I hit record, which is why brand is the key to long-term growth, right? Because there's, a, you know, everybody here in this, not everybody, but a lot of people in marketing these days, you know, it's the flavor of the month. It's very tactical. You know, it's very trendy what's working now, but you don't hear quite as much about brand. Okay. And so the importance of that, I don't want to downplay the importance of that. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to highlight you in this episode. So could you help us unpack that a little bit? Help my audience understand why that's so powerful. Yeah. Thanks for teeing it up like that. I think that brand actually in my mind, comes before marketing and then is the true line that runs through your marketing. So if you consider marketing to be a set of tactics and outreaches that you do in order to create sales opportunities or create 
clients or customers to be, brand would be the thing you do prior to. So it's really about who you are. So my definition of brand is this. It's not your logo. It's not your identity. It's not your website. It's not your sales pitch deck. Those are all marketing tactics. Your brand is a promise you make and the way in which you keep it. And then that feeling that your customer has in their heart and in their brain about you based on the way you kept the promise. That's what your brand is. And so that combined with the fact that it was Colin Shaw and John Ives in their book said that 80% of business leaders now realize that brand is the only long-term defensible business strategy available to business. So I think that's, that's kind of a great way to tee it up. But I do think that there are really great things you can do rather than if you take the time to do brand and really understand who you are and why you exist and what you're going to do and what you will and won't stand for. Then when you go out onto the playing field or the bull ring of selling and making a living or competing, you know what you're willing to stand by and where you can compromise and where you will not compromise. All of those things play a huge role, not only in being successful and commanding best and dominant in your category, but they also give you satisfaction. I talked about my partner and I really choosing to limit the breadth and choosing not to be a global conglomerate agency. We're doing that because we realize that having it all and being miserable because you're working so hard or you're compromising on your values or you don't know what those values are and you just kind of feel a little, uh, even though you're winning, that's the worst sense of failure there is. And so brand will help you really understand who you are, why you exist as a brand, what you're doing and what your value system are is, and then also what winning should feel like before you actually do it. That's interesting. And it's, can I kind of go back to your definition of the brand? I, you know, this popped into my head and I, it keeps on, it's right in the front of my mind here. So I have to share it. And a lot of people have heard it. I think it was Jeff Bezos that said, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, right? When you're not around, right? Exactly. And so I think that's kind of what you're driving at. And so, all right. So now that we understand a little bit about the definition of brand and we understand, you know, kind of the direction you're going, what would be some steps or what would be some ideas or some starting points for people in the audience when they, in thinking about brand as a long-term strategy that's centered around growth? I mean, what would be a couple things that you'd want to share in and around that specific framework? Well, I think the first one would be using brand to figure out differentiation, how you're different from a competitive set. So you can go in and make a compelling sales presentation or write a compelling post or provide a unique offering. It's really important to understand who your competitors are, who the consideration set of your consumer or your customer is, and how you can be different. I talk about points of difference and points of parity, and really understanding that deeply helps you figure out how to differentiate yourself. So, Go ahead, continue. Go ahead. I was just going to say that differentiation is the, the number one way to understand how to make a sales presentation, how to get on the shelf, how to get people to come to your site, how to get, how to, how to win. Got it. Well, you know, it's really funny. I think it was the first time I, you know, the, there's this whole concept that when I think about brand, it's that different is better than better. Right. And I think I heard that, I think it was Sally Hogshead was the first time I had heard that. I heard her speak several years ago. And so that differentiation piece you know, I see a lot of people that are focused on, you know, being better, right? They're always trying to one up their competition, but sometimes you don't need to do that in order to win the business. You just have to be different. 
And so I think that differentiation piece is a, and that parity piece, right? The two combined can be a really powerful step, but it, you know, it takes, you have to be intentional about it, right? It takes some real intentional thought and some competitive analysis, and it takes maybe some tools and some time and some strategy there in order to do that. And that's, well, that's probably why you're in business, right? Because you have, this is part of what you help companies do, but what else would you add to that? Well, I think it's awesome that you referenced Sally Hogshead because she's all about it. She's different is, is better than better because better is completely subjective and it changes. Different is meaningful and that can evolve, but it happens at a slower pace. Being different based on being true to your core and who you really are and what you want to stand for and the, the reason you exist in business outside of making a profit, that's what makes you different. So it's whatever makes your freak flag fly, whatever makes people want to join you and take you to coffee or join your tribe or buy your products or wear your badge brand or whatever it is. That's your point of difference. It's not about your jacket is better or your beverage is better or whatever it is. And when I think about Sally Hogshead and I think about brand, I think about, I think it was Abraham Lincoln was said something to the effect of, if I had 20 minutes to chop down a tree, I would spend the first 15 sharpening the axe. And to me, that's what brand strategy is, is sharpening the axe. So when you are finally hitting the wood, you make chips fly. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. And I don't know if that's the exact quote, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I couldn't quote it either, but that's the exact point that I think you wanted to drive home. So perfect. So one of the things that the audience can focus in on obviously is points of differentiation and points of parity and tying that back to kind of what your core values are and what your promise is to your clients. What else can we do or what else goes in tandem with that? Or where would you lead this next? Well, I think when you understand who you are and why you exist, and then you understand who your customers are and why they are following you or why they're interested, or as importantly, who you want your customers to become, you then start to have the opportunity to have values in play. And this can create for you new opportunities for growth. When you know your customer and you know who you are, you can meet their needs in surprising ways. And when you can surprise and delight them, and meet needs they didn't even know they had, that's when you start to build a brand. And that's when you start to really build us an ecosystem of goods and services that becomes best and dominant or becomes rather than a consideration set, it becomes preferred. So let me ask you something in your career, maybe a recent, can you give us a recent example of somebody, whether they be a client of yours or just somebody in the industry in general that you think demonstrates that piece really well? Yeah, I think a couple that come to mind. So let's talk about Kind Bar. And they are a juggernaut and amazing, passion-driven, very focused brand that has started out very humble and very small. And I'm a huge fan, just so you know. I mean, I, I eat them regularly, just so you know. Great. Well, I'm sure uh, Mr. Levetsky thanks you for it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they are very passion focused. They know who they are and who they are not. And their story is pretty interesting. They had a lot of business through the Starbucks channel. And when it came time to stand by their values or become the private label at Starbucks, they chose to stand by their values. And in that opportunity, they went back to people who loved them. What else could we make? And they found that they could make things for children and they could make protein and they could make all sorts of product extensions where now there are something of, in the neighborhood of two dozen different kinds of kind bar 
that fit different day parts or different needs states or different subsets of an audience. And by doing that and listening to customers and saying, oh, well, you know, for example, men tend to like things that got a little more spice or a little less sweet or a little something like that. So they were able to bring that into the conversation and create product lines without too much pain that make them category dominant. No, I think that's a great example. Perfect. Yeah, because I've seen kind of the evolution. I mean, I've been a fan for maybe, I don't know, at least the last five years, maybe a little, probably it's got to be five years, roughly. You know, I'm just guesstimating, of course. And I think in the last five years is when they've made a lot of those changes. Am I correct? Or was it before that? Yeah, it was within the last five years. They went from in a very interesting kind of darling within the category to like, oh, they are the category. Right, exactly. Perfect. Awesome. All right, great. Where do we go next? Where do, where do we go next? Well, I think that, you know, another thing that if your goal is to use brand strategies to develop a long-term growth strategy, I think it's really looking at setting a framework for the future. And again, referencing kind, they did not make all the moves we talked about in year one or five years ago. They didn't say, okay, we're going to do all these things now. It was very measured and they wrote a plan. So Again, if you take your time to really understand who you are and you understand who your audience is, and you take the time to understand who else they're shopping with or who else they're buying from or what other needs they have in their life around what you offer that they are not getting met, you can build an innovation system or innovation pipeline around it to build a framework for the future. And when I think about that, I'm talking about not just simply like product line extension, I'm talking about maybe even changing the way in using nutrition bars as an example, they went from a snack to now they are, you know, a prominent breakfast option because people put protein in it or they put food that would help your brain function better. And so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Gotcha. Again, innovation and differentiation, they kind of are going hand in hand, it looks like in that case. In that case, absolutely. Perfect. You don't have to innovate to be different. And I'll use essential water as an example of that. Essentia Water is a one product brand that has gone from, they're a 10-year overnight success, basically. Actually, more like 20, but 10 years of having brand that people knew. And they had reached a certain level. And it was by taking the time to do what we're talking about, understand what they want to stand for in the future, and understand who their audience is, and what needs they have, and realizing that they had a product that could meet a whole different set of an, an audience to be's needs, they just change their messaging based upon who they want to be and who this audience wants them to be. And that has turned into a single product that is celebrating triple digit growth for the th- going into their third year in a row, year over year growth. Now, is that still a client of yours or is that someone you just worked with in the past or? So we worked with them for about two years and just recently handed them off to Droga5 to go do television and social and whatnot. But we helped write their strategy and figure out everything from their sales presentations to retailers, to what they would say to distributors, to what their packaging would look like, to what would happen in a store and even the words that would come out of their mouth at a trade show. It's so funny because I just pulled up their website because I didn't recognize the name, but as soon as I saw the brand images, it jumped right out at me. Yeah. It's one of those, it's a, the classic uni- idea of brand that will be universally accepted by a millennial audience because of what it stands for, who's involved and how they get to plug into it. And that it's much more about the, how the product makes me feel. And it's in this case, it's 
something that's been scientifically proven to be twice as effective at rehydration for twice as long. And that is, again, the idea of functionality and whatever you're wanting in your life. Your People want food to be functional or beverages to be functional today. So that fits right in there. And it's a really simple set of promises, which is basically the best version of you will happen when you're hydrated. It's that simple. That's what the whole brand is all about. Love it. Perfect. Okay. So anything else you want to add? I've got a couple more questions I want to ask on the tail end, but anything else you want to add about creating a long-term, how brand will tie into your long-term growth? I think that the last thing I want to say is that really when you use brand as the way to establish long-term growth strategy, the power in it is that you're developing a North Star that you can constantly walk towards. And it takes a lot of the emotion and subjectivity out of it or the long range. And it also keeps you focused, right? Because I think a lot of companies struggle with, you know, the FOMO, right? Fear of missing out all these new strategies and tactics and flavor of the month. But that North Star keeps you centered, right? Around what's where you want to be long term, right? Which is ultimately, you know, if you're not planning long term, obviously you can't live hand to mouth too long, right? No brand can. So no, I think that's a really interesting component. Okay, great. So listen, two more questions, rapid fire, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Being an entrepreneur for over the last 30 years, seeing a lot of new technology, what's your favorite growth tool or software, maybe an app or a SaaS product you use to help you grow your company? That is a really great question that I did not expect. So I'll tell you, the one that comes to mind is what I'm really into right now for our organization is the way we have integrated Salesforce and Acton into a content development strategy. It's helped us change the amount of subscribers that we have to our newsletter or our bi-monthly content share out. It's 10X'd it in the last two years. So it's Salesforce in conjunction with a third-party app? Acton is the app. Yeah. Great. Acton. Awesome. And we've used Salesforce for years. It's really the Acton integration and how it plugs into the back end of our website that is so fascinating to me. And I'm able to, to quantify it over time. Love it. Perfect. And what would be one book maybe that's played a major journey throughout your role or something that you would recommend to the audience that would help them, you know, throughout their journey of developing their long-term brand strategy? Well, okay. So thinking about your audience here, I think the book Traction by Gino Wickman is a great book for entrepreneurs. It helps you prioritize everything. I help you understand kind of the brass tacks around what to do once you know how you're different. And it also gets into employee recruitment and attention and how to build teams and every aspect of it. Love it. I think that's great. Well, listen, David, we're going to wrap it up for today. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Retail Voodoo, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dennis. If people want to find out about more about me or the Retail Voodoo Studio, you can just Google Retail Voodoo and go to the website, retailvoodoo.com and read all about it. Awesome. Listen, thank you so much for being here. I'll make sure I include that in the show notes and congrats on all your success. I really appreciate you joining us today and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Take care. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.